Are you ready? It's time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. You heard it. It is time for the Hammered Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Gray, here with my co-host, Tom Eddy. Cheers, everyone. Uh, Wednesday evening, uh, playoff season here. NHL and NBA playoffs happening. Kind of a fun night to uh, to record as we watch the Bruins and Caps in overtime as we speak. So, uh, what a series this has been. Three games, three overtimes. So, uh, pretty, pretty wild stuff going on in Boston tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, any kind of sports fan, it's, a, it's, a, it's an underrated time of year, this NHL and NBA playoffs going on. Uh, yeah, some really good golf coming up over the next um, couple of months. So, very underrated time of year. Very much so. All right. Let's uh, talk about what we're going to have on the episode tonight, Tom. Yeah. Um, not a ton of topics, but some fun stuff. So, we're going to talk a little bit about the Wells Fargo. Um, last week, we have our too early in the year consensus power rankings uh, to go over with everyone. Um, for the NFL, we're going to talk about which is better, NBA or NHL playoffs. And then, of course, our PGA Championship preview. We'll be ready and dialed in. Beautiful. Uh, kick it off, Tom. What happened to the Wells Fargo last week? I'm talking a little fair here. Hold on. <laughs> As we know, uh, Rory McIlroy uh, comes out with a victory at Quail Hollow once again. And uh, looked pretty good leading up to the PGA Championship, going to yeah. a venue where uh, the last time they held a PGA Championship here, he won by eight strokes. So uh, Rory seems to be getting his game back together. He was pretty uh, upset with himself earlier in the season with the, the way he was hitting the ball, feeling like he was chasing uh, DeChambeau and in his, in his length. Uh, but it looks like he might have turned a corner here and, you know, played very well. So... It'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how that carries over to a place where he's had so much success in the past. Um, I don't think the conditions are going to be as soft as they were back uh, when he dominated the field a few years back. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, it seems like uh, yeah. I mean, all, all this course is wind based, right? You have, we've talked about it a couple of times on here. Yeah. So it's definitely can you manage it's long and yeah. it's windy. So that becomes a big story for that. Yeah. So I mean. There are a couple of things that we'll talk about when we get into it, um, but I'm excited to kind of talk about the, the PGA Championship. I can't wait for it. It's gonna be, I, first of all, looking at the, the views of that golf course is pretty impressive. Um, got a couple buddies that will be at the event. Uh, it should be pretty fun for them. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping for a competitive Sunday. That's that's my main goal right now. Yeah. Let's get a competitive Sunday here and, um, you know, see if we can get – couple of really good players coming down to the wire on Sunday that would make that event very exciting. Let's do power ratings. All right, we're going to talk about our much-too-early NFL power ratings here. So, as many of you know, we talked about it a little bit last year, power ratings and power rankings are slightly different. Yeah. Um, power rankings are 1 through 32. This is how I think teams stack up. Power ratings, you choose a number value based on an average team being zero, how many points better 
each team is or how many points worse a team is than the average team in the NFL. This allows you an opportunity to, once you figure factor in home field advantage or injuries or things of that nature, it allows you to, it gives you a baseline to work from as far as what a spread should be in a game. So, you know, let, let's start at 32, Tom. I, I think yeah, that that's and where it, we'll start when okay. we do this. I think um, the, like you just hit on it, is the biggest thing is it allows you to identify opportunities when you're betting. If you, if you have power ratings that you're sure of, confident in, and you see something that's way off from what you have, well, that's an opportunity to make a bet. And you have to trust your ratings, trust your instincts. And just pull the trigger, even if maybe the number itself isn't as appealing. But if it, it meets the ratings and it's, it's that far off, you make the bet and you are going to listen do very well. Listen, there are a lot of times that you'll look at something and you'll go, you know, oh man, the Chiefs minus nine and a half, you know, against Denver. This makes all the sense in the world to me, right? Okay, but your power ratings only has them, you know, 10 points apart and the game's in Denver. So when, that's a, a pure power. It's an obvious power ratings advantage for Denver in that spot. So right. that you know, it, it may not be the way that you want to bet it because you think that oh, Casey's going to cover that. But your power ratings tell you different, and they they kind of pull you back to reality instead of getting lost in Joe fandom of being an NFL sports fan, yeah. which is what happens to people who struggle betting, you know, NFL, college football, anything like that. You get caught up in being a fan. That's what Vegas is counting on. Yeah, absolutely. That's where their money comes from. Yep. Uh, sometimes, you know, you'll see the Chiefs with bigger spreads right now just because Vegas knows they can throw out pretty big numbers and people will still hammer the Chiefs. Right. And it allows them to, to get more winners that way on their end. And, and you've got to remember that the goal of Vegas or, you know, any bookmaker is to get even amount of action on each side because they are taking – uh, a big, you know, they're taking 10%. So you got to bet 110 to win 100, and they want even action on both sides. Then they're not exposed based on what the outcome of the game is. They don't, they don't set, they don't set lines wanting one side or the other to win the game. They set lines and move those lines throughout the course of the week to try to get equal action on both sides, so right. that they can just claim their big. Yep. So the way we did this is Kevin and I separately made our own power ratings. And then we combine the two to come up with our consensus ranking. So, no further ado. All right, jump right in. Actually, let's start with an average team. Who do we have at 16 as an average team in the NFL? At 16 with a ranking of zero. Uh, 49ers. Yeah, so we've got San Francisco uh, dead in the middle. Uh, they are they are what we deem an average NFL football team right now. Yep. Okay, so... Just to give you that baseline, that's where we would start. So now we'll go down to uh, number 32, and uh, based on our consensus power ratings, number 32 is the Houston Texans. Um, they are 7.75 points worse than an average football team. Yeah, the most Niners. Yeah. So that's you know in, in a, on a neutral field, we would have the. If the, if the spread were eight, San Francisco favored by eight on a neutral field, we would bet the Texans in that situation. Yep. Um, if it were seven or seven and a half, we would likely bet the Niners in that situation. So, you know, anything, obviously that's a weird one because it's at the seven and a half to eight, kind of yep. right in between. So 
you know, that's one that if that number sets there, that's about where we see it. That's how it should set up is that type of, of total based on where we have things right now. All right. Now we have 31. We have the New York Jets uh, at minus 6.25. Um, I think this line for the Jets will move up and down a little bit with a rookie quarterback. It seems like yeah. they've cleared out the way for him to be starter day one. Um, so you're not really sure what you're going to get. So look for that to move around a little bit uh, a couple weeks in. High variance on rookie quarterback teams. Yes. The Chargers were a prime example of that last year. Yes. Big swings. Um, Detroit Lions at 30, also minus 6.25. Uh, the Lions seem to have a lot of flux, as always. Uh, Goff coming in instead of Stafford. I think that's you know a downgrade at quarterback. And then you have a lot of things happening with the wide receiver group. So. Yeah. At number 29, the Jacksonville Jaguars, another team that's got a lot of young players on it, including a rookie quarterback. Um, look for high variance in that one. So that I'll, I'll be quicker to adjust that total um, than I would, based on the performance of, of Lawrence, than I would um, have a snap reaction. Generally, you don't want to move a line uh, or team's rating by more than half, half to one point. Yeah. Each week, you don't want to make those big one and a half to two and a half point moves. Um, so this has to be. Sometimes it, you have to catch up to the market if you missed bad though. You know, if Trevor Lawrence comes out and he plays at, at Justin Herbert's level from last year, uh, we may have to snap snap that up pretty quickly. Uh, number twenty eight, the New York Football Giants at five negative five point two five. So uh, minus five point two five uh, compared to the Niners. Um, so, you know, that, I, I think that's about where they belong right now because they have their question marks there. Yeah, Daniel Jones hasn't been impressive. We were actually talking about him a little bit earlier. Um, you know, is, it, is there a chance for him to, to get better this year? Of course. Of course there is. But there's not a lot uh, that I've seen that makes me think that he can turn it around. So, you know, we're going to be doing this as we go, but I, we're going to see things as we do this and we're going to, probably reevaluate it and say, hey, where did we miss here? Something doesn't yeah. look right to me. Um, so that'll be that'll be an interesting one. So uh, next time. At 27, we have the Denver Broncos at minus four and a half. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think this They're is about where team. they belong, right? They're a fun team with a uh, high upside, if you ask me. Rough quarterback. Yeah. The quarterback situation is what holds this group back. Um, number 26, the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, minus four and a quarter. I think that this could change pretty quickly too if Burrow's health appears okay. Yeah. Um, you know, how Jamar Chase kind of fits into their into their building. Um, I think they have a, a pretty good opportunity to take a step forward this year. In the old line for God's sakes. Yeah. So can they get better? Absolutely. Uh, the Eagles of Philadelphia are at twenty five, minus three point seven five. Yeah. And, you know, I think there are question marks about how good is Jalen Hurts really. And what um, the, yeah, just what the hell's going on? New coach right. in. Yeah, they've had a lot, a lot of flux there in in Philadelphia. So, uh, twenty four, the Carolina Panthers at minus three. Uh, you know, I, I, this is, I see some promise, potential promise for Sam Darnold there. It's a much better situation. So much better. I was just gonna say. So let's see where he where he ends up in a better situation. You know, does he perform better, or is he still the same Sam Darnold that struggled in New York? If you're Sam Darnold, you, I mean, there's not many better situations. This team's not going to have a lot of expectations, but you have a, a division um, 
where it's gonna you're gonna have some tough games, but you can still make some hay. I mean, yeah, there's a, a clear opening at number two behind Tampa Bay with New Orleans changing quarterbacks and the Falcons just seem to blow it every year when you think they figured it out. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of the Falcons, uh, we have them a quarter of a point better than uh, Carolina. So these two teams are, are pretty much on equal footing, yeah. um, and I think that sounds about right. Minus 2.75 for the Falcons. Uh, Minnesota, minus 2.25 at 22. Um, this is a team that, when they run the ball well, they can beat anybody. Um, Defensively is the big concern for me. Yes. It feels like their defense has fallen off a cliff. They they got old fast in the defensive side so of the ball. They got corner problems. Yes. So that's, Xavier Rhodes got slow, got gone. Jeff Gladney with off-field issues. Yeah. Um, the Bears at 21, minus 2. Uh, slightly better than the Vikings, and I think the potential to jump way up with this group, depending on Justin Fields' performance. Yeah. Again, will will you get a, a Burrow or, or a Herbert type of performance out of him? Um, if you do, then that's going to be a, a really good football team because their quarterback play has been bad, and they have a really nasty... They, they play great defense still. If they can get better than game manager, yeah. then they should be uh, tough out. If teams have to respect... Justin Fields taking off on the read option. It may open a lot up for David Montgomery, who I think has tons of ability and has just not been in the best situation there. Yeah, so I was all over David Montgomery in fantasy last year, and he yeah. didn't pay off. Right. Next, the New England Patriots at 20th at minus 1.25. Um, you're going to see a bunch of teams here, um, but, you know, around 1 to minus 1 here. That are really close together, and then this is where the meat of the NFL is. They're, yeah. all, they're all huddled around the middle here. Uh, the Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders, at we've got two teams at minus zero point seven five. We gave the nod to the Steelers slightly ahead of uh, the Raiders at uh, both of them minus zero point seven five. A couple of AFC teams. I'm concerned about Ben's aging yeah. and the offensive line in front of him. Yep. Uh, I like Najee Harris as an addition there, but how much difference can a running back make in, in that spot? You know, they're, they're, there's there's work to – they need to prove something to us in Pittsburgh here. Yep. Um, next up, the Arizona Cardinals. Um, just coming in just below the Niners on our ratings at minus 0.25. Um, that, I think, you know, I boosted the Niners a bit because I think I like them better than Tom does. Um, yeah, the Niners. Well, yeah, I had the Niners at 17. You had them at uh, 14. Yeah. So, you know, I, I kind of like that. We'll see what happens with Trey Lance, but I love the rest of the roster. Yeah. That, that you know, that's the big thing for me. I think they've done a really nice job. Uh, they're, they're, you know, and they had so many health issues last year that they're going to sure. get straightened out. Uh, I expect them to be pretty good. I, it'll be interesting when these teams play each other. Obviously, they get to play each other twice because... I feel like the Cardinals have done a lot to add to their team, and the 49ers are just hoping the guys coming back from injury are going to be enough. But when I look at the quarterback play for the Niners, I see Garoppolo. I know what you're getting. It's it's it is what it is. And then Lance, and I feel like Lance just has so so far to go when he when he finally gets the reins in the NFL as somebody who didn't even play a lot of college football. Yeah, um, I think it, there'll be a lot of growing pains there. Yeah, I'm. Uh... I'm not high on uh, a bunch of off-season spending. I saw what happened in Miami last year. Listen, it led to ten wins. I get that, but all the a bunch of those guys are gone now. You know what I mean? Lost well, in Illinois. No, sure. You know they, they they had to they cleaned that stuff out. And some of those guys did perform, 
put the the spending spree in free agency, you know, getting uh, bringing in JJ Watt and you know, I, I just this team was already pretty good before. Right. I think the difference. I think the Dolphins were not starting from scratch per se, but kind of starting over. Yeah. And uh, this is a team that's like already performed well in a tough division last last year. Uh, they're just looking to get over that hump with all the. I mean, goodness gracious, the NFC West is not easy. Yeah. All right. We got at 15, we have the Washington football team, our first positive ranked team, at plus .75. Um, this is a team I think we're going to see climb this number as we go through, depending yeah. on this much. Yeah, I mean, here's, here's one that I think that uh, I think the Washington football team is going to be better than the Saints, and right now the Saints are, are ranked one slot ahead of them. Uh, at one point better than an average team. Uh, there's so much uncertainty at the quarterback position in New Orleans. I don't know if it's going to – we don't – no one knows. Is it going to be Taysom Hill? Is it going to be Jameis Winston? What are they going to do there? Yeah. I, I, I'm i a big believer that I think they should go to, to Jameis Winston and give him an opportunity there um, after sitting behind Drew Brees and learning a bit. So we'll see how that shakes out. I put the, I rank the Saints determined based on – uh, Jameis at quarterback, so that's that's how I figured them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I had them a little higher than you. I had Saints at twelve. You had them at fifteen. Yeah. And I think Jameis will win out. That's what I think. Again, you'll have your. You no, have, I, I hit the mic like a yeah. clown. I'm watching a hockey game at the same time that I'm podcasting. I know. I looked really fast to say I thought someone scored. I was like, oh, what happened? Okay. Um, I think what you'll see is is Jameis, and then you'll see Taysom and, and like packages and you'll see them on short yard situations yeah. red zone and you know allow Sean Payton to be creative which I think makes them difficult we have the Tennessee Titans at 13 plus 1.25 this is an arrow pointing down team for me this yeah. season mm-hmm. I think uh I think what the phrase I said here I think the magic is gone yeah I think I think that's kind of what's happening with them yeah I think they could certainly move downward from here yeah uh we've got the Chargers at uh plus 1.5 uh ranked at number 12 um, you know, seems about where they belong. They're a good team on the come up, a lot of talent there. Uh, I, I think this is a, I think they're they're in a good place here moving forward. So, yeah. uh, number eleven, we've got the Dolphins uh, at plus two. Uh, you know, as a Dolphins fan, I don't know what to expect this year, other than the fact that you've got a lot of returning players. You had a, a really nice draft, adding a nice a bunch of nice pieces. Uh, the biggest question marks really is how well does Tua play? Does the offensive line get a little bit better? But their weapons have certainly been a huge upgrade in the offseason. Uh, adding Jalen Waddle and Will Fuller, um, you know, plenty of uh, plenty of uh, opportunity for Tua now. I think it's funny as we look at the rank, individual rankings. You had the Dolphins at 13. I have them at 12. But when you combine all of the points, they actually move up to 11 in yeah. our consensus, which is quite amusing. Yeah. Nerd stuff. At number 10, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, plus 2.5. I think this is uh, – that offense was very explosive prior to the Dak Prescott injury. And then uh, at the end, after Dalton's been there for a little bit, started being explosive with him as well, honestly. Yeah. I think that we could see a, a kind of a breakout year there in Dallas. and Linebackers are nasty. Yep. So, you know, let's see what happens. I'm interested to see how Micah Parsons fits there. I just need to see this team stay healthy for a full yeah. year. It's, it seems like every year Zeke gets hurt or, or uh, Dak, it's like alternate seasons. I really do believe that they have the most talent in the NFC East. 
but I, they never seem to be able to put it together. That's the yeah. issue. Most know? talent in Washington has the best defense. Yeah. Let's we'll see what happens. Yeah. Number nine. Number nine, we have the Seahawks, who are also at two and a half. I think they get the nod. Um, they've proven themselves more often in the last few years than, than Dallas, so they get the nod uh, moving up to nine. I think you have a team that's fun to watch right now. Um, a couple of good running backs, Russell Wilson being amazing, some wide receivers that are exciting to see. Uh, but now it's the defense that they have to make some plays, and with a team that had no draft picks, did not do much free agent-wise, it's it's tough to see that they got better than last year. So Right. I'm concerned about Russell Wilson's health. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how many years can he just run for his, for his life? It's not good. <laughs> At number eight, the Indianapolis Colts, uh, plus 3.25. I actually, I like them, I think, better than the Packers at this point. I don't know I don't know if I put it that way or not. I did not. But I, I rated the Packers based on Aaron Rodgers being there sure. and being committed and everything going well. But I have a lot of doubt about the Packers yeah. uh, because of that. When the Packers are at full strength, we've got them at, at plus 3.5. So a quarter point better than the Colts right now. So it's, it's very very tight in our consensus ratings yeah. but i you know again mine is based on rogers yeah. being there and doing same rogers here. things i mean this team if, if we come into you know two weeks from now and rogers is traded or what have you or you know he doesn't show up to training camp i mean this is a this is a number that will drop and drop fast because he makes that engine go and it could really be uh different absolutely green bay uh, six, we have the Los Angeles Rams at 3.75, one of the darlings of our power ratings um, based on where they finished last year and where we have them projected. Uh, big difference. I think we both know that the defense that they have there in L.A. and then the upgrade at quarterback from Goff to Stafford is significant. Yep. And uh, that significant jump for them, to me, uh, this is a team that's dangerous. You know, yeah. it, it's one of my favorites. Um, if you're looking for a little bit of a price when it comes to Super Bowl advance betting, I'm not the biggest fan of uh, those type of props, like who's going to win the Super Bowl, because I think you get robbed on the, the value. Crap shoot, yeah. Yeah. I would rather, come playoff time, you know, be firing on the Rams every week yeah. to win the game and then just roll a parlay over with them. But yeah. You can't have a parlay. So. Um, number five, the Baltimore Ravens, 4.5 points better than an average team. Yeah. The Ravens do what they do better than any other NFL team does what they do. Yeah. So um, if they can play their type of football, they're very hard to beat. Um, it'll be interesting. You know, they've lost some people on defense, but they always seem to find others. So yeah, um, they got some weapons. They're trying to trying to add. I trust John Harbaugh there. He always finds a way to be successful in that group. He's a pretty good guy. Yeah. My Buffalo Bills at four, five point two five points better than an average team. I think you actually had the Bills higher than I did. Yeah, you have them at three, I have them at four. Yeah. Um, and I'll talk about why after we get a little after we finish this, but um, I think this is about where Buffalo should land. You yeah, know, absolutely. Right in this area with, with the point totals that we see. Um, at three, we've got the Cleveland Browns at 5.5 points, better than the average football team. Yeah, and I, I think we both expect the Browns to um, build off last year. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. It's, not a, it's not a crazy projection. This team was hot at the end of last year. Right. Um, winning a playoff game in Pittsburgh, uh, you know, playing the Chiefs fairly well in their game against them as well. Like, yeah. It wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't close at the end where they're, they're sweating it, but it, it definitely was a football game that they had I mean, you had, you had to have that completion by, 
You yeah. know, the backup quarterback had to come in and make a play to, to save the game yep. for the Chiefs. So well, the Browns made that nice little comeback. So, uh, and then some of the things they've got done to add on to that defensive line is, is kind of scary. So, absolutely. Um, number two, speaking of the Chiefs. Chiefs, 6.25 points better than an average football team. What's left? The, what's there left to say about the Chiefs here? And this is where I'll I'll uh, I'll talk about it. I have the Bills higher than the Chiefs. I have the Chiefs at four. Um, I have the Bills at three and the Browns at two. Um, so for me, it's I'm concerned about the Chiefs' offensive line. They've done a lot to try to retool it, but when you don't have continuity and you're bringing in a bunch of new guys, there are question marks there. Um, you know, that's the big concern for me. So I think that the Chiefs could be a little bit vulnerable. And I think Tampa kind of showed what the uh, formula is. I think the book might be out on, on how to give the Chiefs a hard time. And uh, that's create pressure with your front four. And, um, you know, if you can play zone defense and you can, you know, watch Tyreek Hill over the top, and, you know, they're still going to get theirs on offense. Defensively, they're certainly not a shutdown team. And uh, I, I like Buffalo and Cleveland both a little bit better than the Chiefs coming into this year due to continuity and the additions that these teams have made. And then the Super Bowl champs at number one, uh, 6.75. And, I mean, they, they deserve to be number are, one until someone yeah. shows otherwise. Their, their run in the playoffs was nothing short of incredible, so they played great. Have you ever seen anybody just bring the band back together the way they have? All 22 starters are returning. Right. It's crazy. It never happens anymore. So, Absolutely. Um, it's pretty, you know, if you're if you're a Tampa Bay fan, I'd be pretty excited about just running it, running it straight back. Absolutely. All right, Tom, let's take a quick break. Um, we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about the NBA and NHL playoffs and then the PGA Championship picks, preview and picks for us. All right. Uh, so we'll be back in just a moment. All right. Quickly before we get back to it, uh, thank you once again to Lion Global and the team there for all the work that they do for us. Again, uh, lionglobal.com, Tom and his team are the best when it comes to uh, digital marketing and uh, creating a presence for yeah. you. If you've ever seen any one of our live uh, broadcasts, uh, they're really well done, and we couldn't do it without him. If you, you want to take a look at what they're capable of, uh, you can check out some of our videos on YouTube. That's, that's all those guys and, and putting the time and effort in for us. Absolutely. So um, let's get back to it, huh? And why don't you talk a little bit about the... NBA and NHL playoffs, and so far, I'm a fan of this play-in format um, for the NBA. I think it, it adds just a, an extra dimension, and, uh, you know, some teams don't like it. Teams that are in the 7 and 8 spot, they don't like that they have to earn their way in. Yeah. But, you know. You can have a 7 seed not make the playoffs. Absolutely. Um, I also am a fan of it. I think it allows also for a team to get hot late and work themselves into that 10 or 9 spot. Maybe had injuries early on in the season, something like that. Um, there's a lot of fun stuff that can happen with it. So I enjoy that. I like that these games are one games. You play a game and win or lose, you go, you're out. Listen, you get in the 7 and 8 seed you lose one of those games. You still have an opportunity. Yeah. But if you're, you're a 9 10 seed, you've got to win two in a row, and you should have to win two in a row. But there's a chance. So yeah. I, I like it. I mean, I, I wouldn't really want to play the Wizards right now. I think that they could be a tough team to deal with with Westbrook, and you know he he obviously makes things difficult on people. So and with the ten teams getting into the playoff, uh, to the at least the play-in here, it allowed a lot more teams to be in the mix the last week of the season, which of course adds more fun and drama. 
I mean, we've seen so many times in the regular season in the NBA where the last five, six games, it's the, everything's kind of sorted out at the top and everyone's bored and just sitting players. And there wasn't a lot of that this year because of the playing. So let's, you know, talk about comparing the two playoff between each other, yeah. NBA and NHL. So there really isn't anything better, in my opinion, than NHL playoff games on a game-by-game basis. I think that in each game, they can be much more exciting than NBA games can can tend to be. Nothing makes you clench more than watching your favorite team in the NHL playoffs in overtime. Tell me about it. it. I'm watching my team, the Boston Bruins, for the third time in three games in these playoffs against the Capitals in overtime. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's very exciting. It's very fun. Uh, I pr- I find myself, though, Tom, and, and maybe it's just my NBA fandom since I was young, and I think I got a little deeper into NHL a little later. Yeah. Um, but I find that I have more interest in a game that I don't care about or a series I don't care about as far as having my favorite team in it in the NBA playoffs than I do in the N- NHL playoffs. Yeah, I think the individual game point is, is correct. I think individual game... If you're going to have to sit and just watch one, you watch yourself a hockey playoff game. Yeah. The intensity in these games are insane. Yeah. But if you're going to watch a whole series, the NBA uh, does provide a little bit. The one, my big, I, I would rank the NHL ahead if I had to rank the two outright. I think the biggest thing is a lot of times in the NBA, that first round sucks. Yeah. Just just real brutal stuff in the, in the first round in the NBA playoffs a lot of times. And, in hockey, that's not how it works. It's just nuts. Yeah. It's, um, you know, NHL playoffs are so exciting. I think that I would give a slight edge to the NHL playoffs. But honestly, I like the playoffs in both of those leagues. Um, yeah. It, it, it's not separated by much, but an individual NHL game, it, it can be so wild and so exciting. And, you know, the work that goes – it's also more unpredictable in the NHL oh, than it is in the NBA. Yeah. The NBA, you almost always end up with the top teams facing one another at the end, which you know is how how a lot of people want to see it. But God, the the unpredictability of the NHL playoffs, seeing a team just catch a heater in the playoffs and and run to the finals from an eight seed is it's it's unbelievable and exciting. And talk a little bit about the other stuff too, like uh, NBA NHL playoffs has the stuff with the beard growth and. You know, all that kind of fun stuff that they do to make it a little different, a little more exciting. Um, I just I find that so much fun. The, the thing is, the seven-game series for both is so much fun to watch it develop and how, you know, game in, game out, how are they going to perform, what are they going to try differently. I think there's more strategy a lot of times in the NBA. They're trying to figure out what went wrong and why did we lose by 20. And, right. Um, but, yeah. All right. Um, our final topic tonight, Tom. We're going to preview the PGA Championship at Kiowa Island. Uh, we talked briefly earlier about Rory McIlroy having won this event in 2012 at Kiowa. A strange week that week as uh, there was a ton of rain on Saturday. And it softened the course and Rory took over. Yeah, uh, It's the same thing he did at Congressional when he won the U.S. Open there. When the course got soft, he was dominant. It appears that there's no rain in the forecast this weekend. And there could be some gusty winds. When the winds were gusty on Friday in 2012, the scoring average for the entire field was nearly 78. It's insane. I've noticed a trend when I went back and looked at the performance there. The players from England performed extraordinarily well. 
I think something like five out of the top nine finishers in 2012 were English players. So there's going to be an English bias to my selections this week. Okay. And um, we'll kind of see where that goes. But I'm, I'm going to jump right in with uh, – you got something you want to say, Tom? Yeah, just what – so when we were talking about majors, do you find yourself betting closer to the top of the – the uh, odds here than you do in maybe another tournament. I mean, one of the majors you have everyone. Like, no one's skipping right. it unless they're hurt. So you have the top guys. Do you find yourself betting shorter odds in these tournaments than others? I can see myself putting a larger wager on somebody near the top yeah. of the board uh, for these events. You know, there are guys like if Jordan Spieth has been driving the ball incredibly well. And at plus 1,400 uh, this week, it's not a bad play. Rory McIlroy wins last week. One kilo before, yeah. You know, he's plus eleven hundred. That's not a bad price to, to lay uh, in this situation. Those aren't the picks that I'll give, but I'm telling you, those are the type of plays that I'll make on the side. I want to give you guys an opportunity for somebody who's down the board a little sure. bit more. Um, so that's you know that's the angle that I'll give you on the three selections that I give you tonight. But um, you know, I would say certainly pick your favorite guy that's near the top of the, the board here because majors are often won by the elite. Players and there's reasons for that. Yeah, so you know, let's go ahead and, and pick whether you like John Rahm or Rory McIlroy or DJ. You know, DJ's plus eighteen hundred this week. You know, this guy's been the best player in the world for a good period of time here, and uh, you're getting him at plus eighteen hundred this year. You're not going to get him at that price very often. So um, those are those are all opportunities. Colin Morikawa is the defending PGA champion, plus three thousand. You know, those are those are great prices on these guys. So I'll jump right in with my first selection, and um, you know, let, let's look at uh, Tyrrell Hatton at plus forty five hundred. He hasn't cracked the winner's circle in America yet, but English player who is near the in the top twenty in strokes gained off the tee. I think that's imperative this week. You know, it, it's important to put the ball in the fairway, have someone that can control the ball. Off the tee, so I like Tyrrell Hatton at plus forty-five hundred. Tom, um, you mentioned the, one of the guys I was going to take is Spieth at plus fourteen hundred. Um, so I'll abstain from giving him out. But I like my boy Tony Finau here, plus four thousand. If I'm here, gonna go, we go. If I'm going to go for a longer, longer shot here, get to the middle. This guy can bomb it. He can, he can hit these long irons. This is it. I'm doubling down on him this week, too. This is happening. All right. I'm willing this into existence. My next selection is, uh, he's not an English player, but he's number two on the PGA Tour in strokes gained off the tee. Uh, certainly has plenty of experience in, in big moments. Uh, I'm going to go with Sergio Garcia, plus 9,000. That yeah. price tag Ooh. is huge. That's pretty, pretty well, yeah. that, that is a huge price tag for, for Sergio. So I like Sergio as a play here at plus 9,000. Um, I like, I'm taking one of your English guys here, Tommy Fleetwood, plus 5,500. There you go. Uh, give me somebody who will be very comfortable if it's windy and a little brisk. Yeah. Man, not gonna brisk probably, but right. Give me a little wind. 91 on Sunday. Yeah. I think brisk Good Lord. Yeah, 91 and windy, that could be fun. Could be some fast greens yeah. with the heat. Wind. I think that that's one thing that I'll talk about here. I don't think that the putting is nearly as important here um, in this event as keeping yourself out of trouble off the tee and getting yeah. plenty of distance. 
the thing is, with the drier conditions, I don't think that we need to eliminate the shorter hitters immediately. Um, despite this it being the longest long. course in, in uh, major championship history, this is uh, <laughs> I don't think you need to immediately eliminate those guys because you'll get bounce and roll. Um, so there are guys here that uh, you know I, I'm a big fan of here. Another guy that I like that does very well off the tee and um, get a good price at Englishman. These are kind of my criteria. I'm looking at Matthew Fitzpatrick plus 5,500 this week. What else you got for me, Tom? So I've been kind of going back and forth between two guys. Don't say anything. And uh, I went to look up a little stat to see to see if I could separate the two, and they're literally right next to each other. So I'll just go with the one with the longer odds and Webb Simpson at plus 4,500 here. Yeah. So you've got Webb Simpson at plus 4,500. Not a long hitter but certainly controls it off the tee. And with the, the firmer ground conditions, again, I don't think you need to eliminate those players. Top 25 in uh, tee to green, though, for the season. So, you know, not the longest hitter, but keeping it keeping it between the lines. Yeah. So let me give you a couple of other names that uh, I'm not going to officially give on the card, but I will probably have a small play on. Um, we've got Lee Westwood. He's been playing well. Um, you know, he's come so close in majors so many times. And I think that with his performance thus far this year, um, windy conditions, uh, the course is going to be firm. I, I kind of like Westwood to have an opportunity this week on the weekend. Um, and you get a huge price on him, um, plus 10000 for Lee Westwood. Uh, and then I was looking down the board, trying to see if there were any, any guys that, uh, you know, I could get a monster price on. So if you see some of these players, you see some of these players and you're like, you know, this guy has played well in windy conditions before. He hits a three-wood more than he hits a driver, but he controls it very well and he hits it plenty long enough. Hendrick Stenson is plus 25,000. Plus 25,000 on Hendrick Stenson. The $10 bet will get you 2500 dollars with a win uh, by Stenson. You know, I, I just think back to that uh, British Open a few years back uh, when he came out on top and just played incredible golf. I think that this could be a situation that, that suits him um, with those conditions. He's going to be boomer bust for you, though, uh, because his perform recent performance has not been super impressive. Um, but I think he could catch lightning in a bottle at plus 25,000 on Hendricks Denson. I like it. Okay, All right. Go get to a TV. The Warriors and Lakers are about to tip off, and it's going to be a lot of fun. One of them will clinch the seven seed. One will have to go battle the... Grizzlies, right? Grizzlies yeah, the Grizzlies, yeah, the Grizzlies advanced. Just advanced on that. We got Washington and Boston going to a second overtime. Uh, and we'd be remiss not to talk a little baseball here. Five no-hitters, and the Yankees have Corey Kluver through eight now with a no-hitter. Uh, going to be going to the ninth inning here soon. A ton going on for a Wednesday here. Wild world in baseball. Wild Wednesday. Yeah, five no-hitters already through the season. Uh, we're not to Memorial Day yet. Yeah, Edmonton Oilers jump out on top of Winnipeg when nothing here. Nobody uh, can hit. That's what that's what it's come down to. Nobody can hit. They need to lower them out. Man, there's so much going on right now in sports. It's so different. So, all right, guys. Um, you know, a little more abbreviated episode this week, but uh, I think there was some great content that we had. I'm excited about the PGA Championship coming up this week. Real I'm fun. Yeah, I'm excited to watch this playoff action. 
Um, hey, go Knicks on Sunday. Go Knicks. Come on. Go. Four seed in the East. No one predicted that coming into the season. Unfortunately, they're playing the Hawks, who I predicted in the season. Yeah. Next, Next season. How could I know? Yeah. How could I know? How the, could the, you the, know? The preseason pick that I made of the Hawks. The, would the come. Yeah. Will only come at your detriment. <laughs> yeah. Make me um, miserable now. We will uh, next week. We'll we'll talk a little more in depth on hockey and NBA playoffs as the series get a little juice to them. Yeah, um, we'll have a little bit for it, and we got a couple of fun uh, NFL things. We're gonna break down some some lists that we just saw come out recently and kind of give you our feedback on some of the nonsense. Yeah, let's see who we can call an idiot next week. Yeah. All right, we'll catch you all next week. Yeah. yeah.